Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Jake with you from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today, as usual, across the glass from me. And safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. How are you today, Jake? Uh, I'm good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Living the dream? Yeah, 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 I think so. I mean, uh, yeah, I can't think of anything to complain about, which uh, which is pretty good, you know, because uh, somebody once told me I can find something to complain about. I, I would guess you could find something to complain about, that's for sure. Yeah. I had a little uh, bit of a, a startle on the way into the building today. What happened to you? Well, uh, so I, I, I pull up and I park and I, I start to walk around the arena to our designated entrance, door uh-huh. five. And uh, I, I immediately noticed the large uh, gathering of, uh, of uh, police vehicles of all sorts. And then uh, I get kind of onto the plaza and there's uh, a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of police. There was a stretcher, a hazmat suit. Oh, and uh, I'm thinking to myself, uh, what exactly am I walking into here? What <laughs> what what exactly is happening at the arena? Should I call somebody? Do I do I uh, walk through? Do I what what exactly do I do here? Has has anthrax been unleashed? What uh, what uh, did you did? You... Okay, so here you are. You're faced with this conundrum. What well, I mean, what what did you do? So here's what is that I Dustin Hoffman in a hazmat suit. Here's what I did, which is absolutely the worst thing, you, probably you or the last thing that you should do. I thought, you know, this could also be a training exercise. So I'm just going to keep <laughs> walking toward it. And if it's really serious, somebody's going to tell me to stay away. You would think. And so I just kept walking toward it, and uh, they ignored me as I basically walked through the middle of it and passed through. <laughs> Did you stop to ask what was going on? Nope, sure didn't. I did talk to uh, our security here at the building when I when I came through that, and uh, it was confirmed. Yes, it was a training exercise. Oh, it was. You were yeah, right. I was right. Wow. All right then. Well, uh, I'm glad you made it. But in usual circumstances, I would think if you if you're looking at what looks like an emergency scene, don't just push on through. That's probably not. <laughs> that's probably not the best thing to do. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, somebody would have told me to stop, you know? Oh, okay. 
Well, yeah, it makes sense. So, so uh, shout out to the first responders that are, are doing exercises here at the building today. Despite Jake's best efforts, they're doing those exercises. They are. Mm-hmm. They are. Jake just walked off. Get out of my way. Coming through. <laughs> I, I got a radio mic to yell into. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't uh, 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 talk to anybody. I just. I just. My. What is it? Minded. Minded my own business. Mound. Yeah. Mound my own business. <laughs> as I as I walked right on through. So Jake, I have a question. I have a fashion question for you. Uh oh. Uh, did you see the Jazz's new uniforms that they're going to debut? Oh, I have not. No. Here, let me see if I can I can dredge that up. I I'm assuming this is uh, common. I mean, well, uh, uh, publishable information. Although Austin, I'm I'm thinking of you, man. Uh, but uh, yeah, they sent out a. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I did see this actually. Now that you say it, the, the you, green with the yellow. Do, yeah, do you like the green? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, I haven't seen it in its entire ensemble, but uh, from what I could see from the picture, I got Jordan Clarkson in the picture. It looks pretty good. I thought you you a fashion guy now? Well, I, I know. I'm, speak of this, you're going to mention uh, your shoes, as, aren't you? Uh, no, oh. I'm just going to say, do as I say, not as I do. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Bring that on back. But but that looks good. I mean, I, it's funny. I, uniforms are are interesting phenomenon uh i i think that people fans really like that they like liking that uniform those uniforms and they hate it when they hate them well so you know what for a long long time the nba you you it's often funny to see where people dig in their heels and for the longest time, the NBA, you remember how super strict they were about you could only have one uniform, home, road, that's it. And then they slowly gave way because everybody kept changing their schemes, remember, because they wanted to, to sell more gear. And the NBA was sure. so so rigid about it that the teams kind of went around it by, uh, you know, bringing up some really just horrific logos and color schemes. Do you remember the, the Rockets there for a minute? It was rough, <laughs> rough. Or the Pistons? You remember the Pistons with the, the the stallion or whatever that was? The chess piece. <laughs> I mean, just some some really. I mean, I think we all like the the mountain logo now because it's it's nostalgic. But I don't know if it was my favorite when it was around. But anyway, you could understand why why teams did it because. You know, you you want them to go out and buy a jazz jersey every couple of years, as opposed to you know I've got my one I bought in '87, and uh, that that still does me fine. So See, they they went I, around it, but but then when Nike, sorry Gordon, I'm getting windy. I apologize. But when Nike got the rights from I believe it was Adidas, was it or was it Reebok? Anyway, when Nike got the rights, the NBA got out of the way and basically said, oh, we don't, we're tired of fighting this battle. We don't care. Have as many uniforms as you want. It's not quite like that, but. I mean, they definitely have have been much more lenient on that policy, which I think is a good thing. Well, for this particular uniform, a team has to have earned right. the right to wear it. In fact, it's called the earned edition. You have to have made the playoffs, right? And so, much like the the city was the same way. Yeah. So so teams teams uh, will sport another. So how many is this now? They have the white. I like the white, man. I, I, I think those white uniforms are, are pretty sharp. They have the blue. They have the 
goldish whatever color that is, right? They have the what's it called? The dark mode. Dark mode. Mm-hmm. And now they have they're, they're bringing back this. It's it's really kind of a Kelly green with some some gold mixed in with a big note on the front. A Kelly green? I don't know is if I've Kelly, ever heard that. that. Yeah, it's Kelly Green. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's kind of an I'm, Irish, I'm not doubting lighter you. Irish. Green. Never, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it, I don't know if Kelly, Kelly is Kelly a little darker than this Austin. I, you know. Well, when probably. I worked at the scrapbook website, uh, and I'm not making that up, Kelly Green was exactly the color uh, in the name of the the vinyl that we sold, and Kelly Green looked just like this. So, you okay. were you were in the the scrapbook game there for a minute. I was did Bowler get you into it? He did not. Uh, that was we never did cross paths in that realm Man. because I refused to outside of working hours have anything to do with the scrapbooking. That, that is a, one of the, that, that is an old of, joke. That oh, bowler in the that scrapbook. Is, that is an old. Oh, old that is joke. One of the, that was that was one of the brightest days of my radio career when we thought Bowler was out taking care of business or on vacation or somewhere, and he got ratted out by someone saying he was hosting a scrapbooking convention. We had a lot of fun with that one. Hey, their money's Kelly Green, too. Right. Hey. (laughs) Whatever. Okay. It's a good gig if you can get it. Well, I think jazz jazz fans will like this this new earned edition. Uh, I'd like to see the whole thing before I give my complete stamp of approval. But from what I've seen, it looks good. Yeah, so check it out. Uh, Gordon turning into a fashionista all of a sudden. Do you have have a favored... uh, uh, uniform for the Jazz? Uh, you know, I like their old, their green one, which they stopped using a couple of years ago. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, that one was kind of my favorite, and this this uh, reminds me of that a little bit. So, but I thought the green was, I thought the green was super cool. I I like the the Mardi Gras colors, though. You know, I I hope they stick with that going forward. Well, there are so many different ones, and that's what some people have complained about with the City Edition and the Dark Mode. You know, people are used to seeing the jazz in those Mardi Gras colors, and all of a sudden, uh, Southern Utah gets featured somehow. Or I, I don't mind it. I like it. I, I, I don't have a, a problem with it. But I think I, my, I think if I had a go-to, I'd go to the Home Whites. I think those are the ones that uh, look the sharpest. But I do like this green one, too. Austin, uh, I mean, what do you think? Uh, You like the dark mode? I like the dark mode. Actually, I did not care for the original city uh, color scheme. I really like the dark mode color scheme, especially the shorts. But my favorite was the uh, the 1819 earned edition that was kind of a forest green, but with a yellow and white 1970s type jazz note on the front. It's very similar to the one this year, but it's a darker green rather than... A Kelly green, yeah. See, I like the light green, but I like I, the mountain I, ones too, and I liked the the dark ones back in the day, the the black ones with the copper on the side. I liked those. I wasn't digging uh, the copper. Not a lot of people did, but I liked them. Remember when they changed from the note to the to the toboggan? <laughs> the toboggan. The jazz, yeah, the jazz logo looking like a toboggan coming down the mountain. That was the theme that they were trying to capture. Something a little more Utah-centric. You mean the ball with the mountains? No, I mean the jazz. Lo- the jazz written across. It sort of looked like it was swooping down the mountainside like a toboggan. Yeah, like and the behind it was the mountains, right? Well, yeah, it was on a mountain coming down, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I'd never heard it described as a toboggan. When the, when they did that, I remember they uh, the talk was that this was some this was an adjustment and it was um, more modern and more like I said Utah centric. But some people couldn't stand it. And I know Stockton always favored the old jazz note. And now, uh, last year when they were breaking out those uh, th- those uh, uniforms from <laughs> that had been changed to that people didn't like because it was something new, uh, suddenly that became the retro look and people favored it more. So I, I, I don't know. I can't keep track of it all. But I think jazz fans, when you see these new addition earned additions you'll like them so that's what i would that's what i was saying gordon i think people like the mountain one because it's nostalgia uh not mm-hmm. it didn't necessarily make it a really great looking logo but i'm with austin i've never heard that described as the toboggan uniform usually you hear the mountain uniform right toboggan well, yeah, i remember uh the uh one of the designers uh mentioning that that i don't know if they said toboggan but it was kind of like the utah century coming down the mountain the kind of thing if you look at it closely You'll see you'll see the uh, what I'm talking about. Well, I'll tell you this, and go go to the team store and buy all of them up. I'm not saying if you don't like them, if you like them, you're a bad person. But I don't like the yellow ones. I never have. I don't like. But they're apparently Jake. The Jazz are undefeated this season when they wear those the yellow, yellow ones or gold yeah, or whatever. I, it is. I, I agree with you. I'm not. I'm not. That's not my favorite. Um, add right. a toboggan on the yellow ones. I'll should we there. should we jump into the the old split story? This of the wasn't day? it. No, this isn't no, the this top was, topic of the day. No, huh? no, not fashion talk. No, we have a we have basketball to conversate about. Oh, okay. Well, let's do it. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. And the top-ranked Bulldogs avoid a scare. They trail by as many as 14 points. They rally in the second half to win it by 10. And they add a tournament championship to an undefeated regular season championship. 88-78 the final score. The Bulldogs hopping around and enjoying a huge comeback. They outscore BYU by 22 points in the second half. Gordon, the Cougs gave it all. They had. What a basketball game. The Bulldogs uh, win 88-78, to another West Coast Conference championship for Gonzaga. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Cougs led by as many as 14. thought they came out with a great game plan, ton of energy. And, you know, Gonzaga is awesome. They are, they are unbelievably good. Yeah, BYU, uh, as you mentioned, off to that, uh, that promising start. But the second half, Jake, uh, when when Gonzaga turned up the heat defensively, it just seems like the Cougars uh, wilted there. Uh, they didn't they didn't collapse, but uh, you know they hung in there a little bit. But they did give up the big lead that you mentioned. And uh, Jalen Suggs, man, he took care of business, didn't he, down the stretch? And uh, Gonzaga's good. I mean, Gonzaga's better than BYU. But you, uh, so I'll, I'll give the Cougars credit for the way they fought in that game. They had a chance. But then it slipped away at the end, which is probably better than what most people figured they'd do. Listen, Suggs is the reason that this is the best Gonzaga team that Fuse had. I mean, he's a well top three draft pick. I mean, he's he's a, a remarkable player. Yes, and then you is. you surround it with the you know, surrounding cast as talented as as Gonzaga teams always seem to be, where they're they're deep with really good players. But 
you know, you put a number one onto that squad and, and man, are they, <laughs> are they ever good on both sides of the ball? And, you know, Mark Few is a, he's a really good coach. He's a really good coach. And that's the thing I, th- I thought Pope had a good game plan and, you know, BYU might have run out of gas a little there in the second half, but I, I mean, Gonzaga had a scare and they responded by being the best team in college basketball. Did you, uh, did you think that, uh, the Cougars were going to give up that lead, you know, at, at halftime. What were your thoughts? You, yeah, I thought it was just po- a matter of the giant awakening. I thought it was possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't. I would have, I would have bet on Gonzaga erasing that lead. I thought that that was, yeah. I thought that was likely. But well, that has that has more to do. I mean, that has more to do with Gonzaga than it really does BYU. Right. Honestly. Right. Yeah. I agree with that completely. I mean, look, uh, as I said, the Zags came up with playing some uh, some tough defense. They shot 51% in the game and uh, 46 from behind the arc. So, and BYU didn't shoot the ball poorly. I mean, they what they shoot 46% if I'm remembering correctly. So, I mean, it was yeah, it was a, it was a good WCC championship game. It's just interesting to me that BYU cannot get past Gonzaga in the tournament. Now, this year, I, I didn't expect that to happen, considering how good the Bulldogs are. But uh, it's, that's four times now these teams have met up in the uh, conference championship game, and BYU has never won. That's, that's interesting. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, BYU did, has beaten Gonzaga, you know, just not in that championship game, so. Well, nobody ever wins against Gonzaga in that tournament. No, I'm 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 not even kidding. I think St. Mary's got the tournament championship once, maybe in the last ten years, over the last twenty. Yeah, with all those with all those Australians, I think it's uh, was that the year. No, I think it was more recently than that. Oh. But that that you just described about ten years of St. Mary's basketball right there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, it's it's something crazy. Out of the last twenty years, they've won like eighteen times. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I we talked about this the other day. I when they went to the West Coast Conference, I would have bet that they would have had a, a championship by now, certainly. But I mean, the stranglehold that that the Zags have on that league is something else. Did you think that? Okay, obviously, as we said, Gonzaga is better than BYU. They have more talent than BYU. But do you think the fact that on BYU's part was it more? A question of physical or mental? Physical. Gonzaga is physically a better team. Okay. Yeah, hard to argue that. <laughs> I just usually when a team gives up a big lead like that, there's something going on between the years, you know. But uh, but yeah, it's hard to argue. I can't. I mean, Gonzaga is really really good, and Suggs, like you said, he just hit those shots down the stretch and. Sayonara. Uh, let's see. Mark Few in WCC tournament games has played in 22 and has lost five. Is that right? No, it's got to be more than that. No, no, no. It's got to be more than that. I don't know what I'm looking at here, Gordon. Don't Google uh, on library. Uh, the, the West Coast Conference men's tournament championship game team win-loss records. It's a mouthful. Gonzaga is twenty-seven and nineteen. 
St. Mary's is 13 and 4, and then everyone else is like barely made it there a few times. And this is overall? This is overall. St. Mary's did win it in 2019, it says here. Okay. Yeah, that's the year they had. Isn't that the year they had all those Australians? No, no, the, the Dell of a Dagger that, yeah. was several years earlier. Yeah, but I would not talk about him. They, in the subsequent years, they had a bunch of Australians. Too. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. The question here, Here's a question for you, Jake. If you were running Gonzaga's basketball program, would you be satisfied in the West Coast Conference? Uh because because there's two ways of looking at it. One is you know people complain. They say, oh, you know, if if Gonzaga wasn't playing in that league, they would have some losses, and anybody can win that league and all that stuff. Uh, and, and a lot of times when people dominate a league, they they want to move on to something uh, uh, what uh, a little more in the spotlight. But when you look at what Gonzaga is able to do. And the way that they're able to be a real presence nationally, why why the need to change? You know, I don't, I don't think they do need to change. Yeah. Now I don't. I mean, they threatened they threatened to leave if things didn't. You know, they wanted a few things more in their favor. Remember when Few was complaining about the competition in the league, saying, "Hey, step up your programs." I don't. I don't know where they'd go that'd be any better. To be honest, I mean, I, you, the Mountain West Conference, of course, but I mean, is that leaps and bounds better? And you certainly wouldn't be the the top dog from a, a political standpoint, not necessarily on the basketball floor. You know what I mean? You'd be a small voice in the room, whereas with the West yeah, Coast Conference, play football. yeah, right, which makes it even smaller. I mean, newcomers don't usually have big voices, right? So I I don't know where they could actually go. Um, that would be much better for them. That said, I, I was down there. This was several years ago um, after a BYU-Gonzaga game, and I believe it was the semis, but I could be wrong about that. Anyway, uh, Mark Few came out after the game and just went scorched earth on the rest of the league. Yeah, where he he was, I was referring to. Yeah. He, was, he was talking about um, – uh, he was talking about – the, how the rest of the league takes all the money from, uh, you know, what uh, basically Gonzaga earns them, and then they don't invest it at all into their programs. Right. And he, I, I've never heard a coach be that overtly, well, I guess criticized that overtly of other programs ever, and I haven't heard anything like it since. And it, it, was, it was really something. But you know what the rest of the league couldn't do, Gordon? Anything, because they're Gonzaga. <laughs> So you you go from that to well we don't really need you because you don't play football right so I don't think that they would really want that as as much as the West Coast Conference uh, is probably not perfect but it's college basketball who cares you can you can still accomplish the ultimate goal um, being in a in a small league right or wrong yeah you know because what? you have the opportunity that you don't get in football if you play in a league like that and and that's uh, you know, I don't know if there is a team like Gonzaga. Is there a comparable football team or football program that would fit into that category? I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, as as far as yeah. what, uh, curious to you, as far as being being so so good, good enough to have a national presence, but not, but not being in a big league. Well, I I think BYU would hope to to do some of that. Yeah. Well, they're they're not at that level. 
they're not at the same level in football that Gonzaga is in basketball. That's for sure. Right. I don't think there is. I don't think there is a, a comp. Plus, there's yeah. there's so many games in basketball too. There's so few games in football. It make I think that dynamic makes it different as well. I mean, there's so many non-conference games. Gonzaga can go out and play whomever. I mean, you saw their non-league uh, non-league schedule this year, Gordon. It was brutal, and they yeah. beat them all. And uh, it's too bad that Baylor game uh, got canceled because they were trying to play Baylor. I mean, you know, they it's not like they don't play anybody, right? Right. Right. It's but uh, if you know, uh, okay, they've proven that they belong. But if you didn't have the NCAA tournament, if you didn't have the opportunity to prove how good you are, then it would be a whole lot more frustrating for that program. But they do get the opportunity because the NCAA tournament is so expansive. And, you know, no one's going to rob them of their opportunity the way individual programs in football might be uh, prevented at times. But I showing what they can do. You know, like what league did the did UNLV play in with Larry Johnson and that crew? Was it the Big West? You know, that league was didn't that, yeah. that league didn't matter because you you knew how good that team was. That's another thing that Gonzaga does that there's not an equivalent in football is there's not a a, a non P five team that passes the eyeball test as the equivalent of Clemson. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you look at yeah. BYU play they're not uh they're not as good as the top one, two, three teams in the country. Right. Well, they don't get the same money and it doesn't matter as much in basketball as it does in football. And they don't have a program. football program to to fund, you know, so they can dump yeah. every every penny they get into basketball. Yeah. And certainly the community up there has embraced that program. And uh it's a big, big deal up there in Spokane. So Gonzaga has won. 18, let's see, uh, 18 of the last 23. I'd say that's pretty one-sided. Going yeah. back to the late 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the only other team to win multiple is St. Mary's, who has won it three times in that in that time. Frame. Three out of the five they've And then lost. San Francisco oh. once, San Diego once. And that had to be oh, a cool. long time ago, right? Uh, San Francisco was 98. San Diego was 2008. Ever since ever since 2008, it's been Gonzaga all but twice, uh, and it's St. Mary's. Saint the Mary's. Other two yeah. How good was Gonzaga back when the greatest player ever to play in that program, John Stockton, was there? How good were they? I don't think they were very good, right? Uh, they've been in the West Coast Conference since 87, so I don't know what they were in before that. What conference would they have even been in at that time? Don't know. Do not know. The Spokane Eighth Ward Conference, or <laughs> I don't know, but isn't that interesting that Stockton played for that program before it really became what it is? All right, we'll have more big show coming up next. Stay tuned right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.
Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You know, they have a word for that, Austin. That's cowardly, is, is what that is. Cowardice. Oh. Cowardice. Not, That's wait, a wait, fact. Not, I have to explain to our listener what you're Oh, talking. no, I'm not Dirty gonna, pool. I'm certainly not going to explain anything. Uh, <laughs> Jay Drew is going to be on the show coming up at 3. Our friend Jay from the Deseret News uh, covers Utah and BYU. He'll jump on the show at 3. Uh, What's Going On is uh, going to be at 4. And then our guy, David Locke. We'll jump on with us at 5 o'clock. I say Jay covers both because he does. He covers BYU football, but he's in Vegas for the uh, Utah basketball game today against Washington. Did you see, Jake, that uh, Tom Homo was named uh, Athletic Director of the Year? I mean this 100% sincerely. He should be Athletic Director of the Century. I mean, (laughs) never has one of those awards been more earned than it was by Tom Homo for this well, past year. I hear what you're saying. I don't understand this award completely because apparently he was uh, named one of four recipients at the FBS level. They should all be named Tom Homo. <laughs> all four of them. Matt Hogue of Coastal Carolina, Shane Lyons of West Virginia, and Rob Mullins of Oregon. Uh, and all the recipients uh, apparently will be recognized at uh, a convention in July. So, but you're right. Uh, t- think about what Tom went through this year, <laughs> rescheduling that football thing. Oh no, man! I mean, let's do think about it. There was one football program west of the Mississippi that stood alone. <laughs> one, one. That said, we're going to do this thing. I don't care if my whole schedule just went right down the crapper. <laughs> Could you imagine? We're playing, and I'm going to schedule it. And I, you know what? I'm going to schedule it the week of the Dern game. I'm going to send the trucks to South Carolina at the mere possibility that a football game could possibly happen. Unprecedented stuff. Amazing. And that cost them an undefeated season? Well worth it. I'm so glad they played that game. And I loved how they handled that loss, too, where they said, you know, we're glad we played. We gave it our best. They didn't use the excuse of, you know, how are we supposed to prepare or any of that stuff. They, it, was, it was sheer class, and, man, it was uh, awesome. I don't, think you, I don't think we talked nearly enough about how good a job he did. Well, I, I would have liked to have just been sitting there watching him on the phone trying to – Rebuild, totally rebuild a football schedule. You know, you lose that schedule was going to be the best schedule BYU's probably ever had, and to watch it crumble the way it did. Obviously, the country was uh, immersed in a huge crisis, and uh, but but tr- just trying to play football, aside from all the you know all the concerns about how you got to take care of your student athletes and make sure that their welfare is uh, attended to. But just just the logistics of of building a schedule that quickly is I don't th- that's never been done before. Never, never. 
And actually, let's let's play this because I heard this today with Hans and Scotty. Hans had a different take on it, and let's uh, I, I want to react to this. So let's 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 play Hans's take. Well, I think uh, Tom's got good coaches that make him look good. And of course, I think Kalani was his hire, and uh, and Mark Pope was his hire. Yep. So they make him look good. It's a good job hiring people that make you look good. I think he gets credit for that, right? Yeah. Hire coaches that make you look that's, good. Wouldn't you say that's the main role? That's the main job, yeah. As far as the scheduling goes, I, I don't think the scheduling is as difficult as people think it is. Uh, this year? Um, any year. Really? I think this year was a little difficult, don't you think? Uh, might, might have been a little bit, but there are, there's a database where basically it's it's a scheduling database. It's like you, you put your name in and an open date, and it'll tell you who's available. And it it's not that hard. It, it it really isn't. I mean, he he deserves credit because he put together a great, a really great schedule considering what was going on. But I think the best thing Tom has done is is who he's hired. That's if you ask me why he deserves this, it's because he hired the right guys. What do you think, Gordon? Well, my initial reaction is usually things are harder than they seem to get done. And Hans just said the scheduling was easier than we thought. I, I don't know what to make of that because you still got to get people to agree to play. And you've got to be willing to get the, get all the logistics done so that you can play those teams home and away. So I, I think it's a, you know, I, I respect Hans's opinion. I, it just seems to me like that would be trickier than uh, a lot of people think, not easier. Okay, I agree with Hans that hiring – Good coaches is a big part of the job. I agree. Scheduling is so hard. So hard. And most most athletic directors have to schedule three non-conference games. Tom has to schedule 12 every (laughs) single year. And he has to try to not get screwed because most people he calls said, yeah, sure, you can come here and play. But Tom has to negotiate and get home-and-homes or two-for-ones or payouts and all this different stuff. And then this year... It all went away overnight. All years of hard work was just like, yeah, it's gone. So what are you going to do now? And he had to start over. I mean, it's I I disagree with with Hans underselling the scheduling thing. On top of managing, what do you think, Gordon? Just ballpark it for me. What do you think the athletic department budget is at BYU? Fifty no million dollars. I I don't know. But I do know that there are 600 student athletes down there. Yeah, you and, have to manage a, all of that. And 190 people on staff, and he's he he runs the whole show. And he had a 20 million dollar shortfall that he had to figure out what to do about. Yeah, I mean, like that. I, <laughs> yeah, hiring hiring coaches is a big part, but it's not like. This year of all years, Tom could just be like, well, Kalani's got it. I'll uh, be upstairs <laughs> taking a nap. If anybody, if anybody needs me. Uh, I'll show up uh, when, when come the time get, comes. Come get me next week. I, th- I think Hans makes a good peek behind the curtain uh, idea or suggestion about that scheduling platform in a normal, all things fair considered circumstance. But even in another year that's not a pandemic, as you mentioned, Jake, BYU is an independent. That's a database that they're not really in. And they have to find someone for every single week. 
So whereas if, if back when he was in the Mountain West, maybe it was not easy, but easier than it is now to just log into that NCAA website, put in the dates you're available, and see who comes a-calling. Well, it's about so much more than just who has an open date. Tom Homo got Michigan State to come to Provo. That ain't easy. Yeah. A Big Ten school isn't traveling to Provo uh, because of their health. Didn't he? Uh, who else? Wisconsin came yeah. to Provo. I mean, we can go down the the old. I mean, that just doesn't. They don't. They're not doing that because they want to. They're doing that because uh, Tom found some pictures somewhere or something and is twisting their arm. I don't know, but it's not easy. Texas. Texas. Notre Dame, although they never returned the favor again. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. But USC. But they did come to Provo, but that was I'm not. I don't that think was that a long was time ago. Tom, that was yeah. 2004. Yeah. 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 Tom took over in 05. So I mean, I just I think Tom deserves all the accolades that he can get this year, and I think it's 100 percent well deserved. I, I think he did a terrific job in an impossible situation, and you know I don't think he can actually get enough out of boys for the opportunities that uh, he provided for his student athletes. You sit down and talk with Tom Homo, and you're not going to agree with everything he says, but you're going to agree with a whole lot of it. He's a pretty uh, level-headed, common-sense kind of guy. And one of the things that stands out to me that, that he is he has been an emphasis of his is working with those, those, those student-athletes down there. I mean, he, especially as it pertains to mental health services, that that's been something that he's he's tried to make better, and that I, I just have a lot of respect for that, because a lot of these students, they're under a lot of pressure, and I know that there are people out there saying right now, well I went to school and I worked two jobs and I had to keep my grades up and I had to do this and all that, but uh, a lot of these athletes are under a whole lot of pressure, because accomplishing being able to compete at that high a level, and this is true for all student-athletes, but uh, we're talking about Tom here, and he, he recognized the situation, especially in a year like this where the pandemic was going on, but also, you know, it, it just normally, societally, uh, th- these kids have, uh, have certain challenges, and they're trying to find success in the, in the face of that. And he's trying to help them along that that uh, that way, and that's a big big deal in our country. And I, I, you know, just erasing the stigma that comes with that is a major major achievement. And to provide the kind of help that's necessary that should be in place to help these athletes, I think that shows you that Tom Homa was more about winning games. All right, we'll have more coming up next. It is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
We've got some uh, breaking news here, Gordo. Uh, what Can- is it, Jeff? Kansas Athletic Director Jeff Long has stepped down slash been fired, I'm guessing, uh, in the wake of the Les Miles situation, who, uh, if you have not been following that, some um, things have come out about Les Miles' behavior while the head coach at LSU, which should uh, alarm most folks uh, because LSU didn't do much about it, even though they knew about it. And uh, Kansas uh, fired Les, what was it, a couple days ago? Yeah. Austin, a couple days ago. And now uh, Jeff Long, the athletic director, is next. And uh, Austin and I were talking about this off uh, off the air. Whatever search firm was involved in hiring Les Miles should never be used again. And that, you know what, why are search firms such a big thing now, Gordon? And And maybe this is a really stupid question, but, I mean, you would think an athletic director – would be plugged in enough to do their own coaching search, right? Is that too much to I this search firm just feels to me like another excuse for some money to change hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> Cuz what are they doing? Obviously they didn't look into Les Miles background much. Yeah, that's something you got to find out about even if but that wasn't was when was that made public? Do you remember? Well, the stuff about Les Miles? Yeah. Like 2 weeks ago. Yeah. So I mean but but still, you gotta you gotta uh, move around a little bit and talk to some people about where the landmines are, and uh, there were a whole bunch around uh, around Les. So yeah, so he's being fired essentially because he hired Les Miles. That's the impression I'm getting. Man, Kansas football, they just they can't do that right, can they? Uh, no, no. And that was a mistake with Les, obviously. I mean, think about what Les Miles is losing now on account of some bad judgment, really bad judgment. You know, you can't go around talking to female students who you have some say-so over and and (laughs) sort of harass them, really, into, into, you know... (laughs) Suggestive situations. I mean, Les, what are you thinking? There's, I don't have it in front of me. There's a real interesting email out there from the athletic director at LSU, circa, I think it was 2014, where he emailed the uh, president of the university and said, We need to fire this guy. Yeah. (laughs) We need to fire this guy like yesterday because Les had violated their, they found out about it and they said, Listen, you can't have any sort of contact with they laid they laid parameters out that he could not violate right you cannot have these types of interactions with people you've lost the privilege and he violated it multiple times and the athletic director was like listen we, this guy's got to go because this this stuff's going to come out eventually and we're either going to look like we did something about it or we're going to look really bad I mean, it was it was a really fascinating email, and LSU decided, yeah, yeah, he's less miles. He's a good football coach. We don't care, yeah. which is which is the danger um, that we've seen play out over and over and over again. Gordon, as um, uh, athletic figures take such a predominant role in universities, that you know that is abused. You yes, know what I mean? Is. I mean, we in saw some it. Cases, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we saw it with the with the Penn, Ta- Penn State thing, which may be the most you know egregious uh, example. Everybody's such fear of rocking the boat that you let just the worst of the worst crimes go 
on for years, which is just madness. But, I mean, look at what happened at uh, Montana with the football team up there about 10 years ago. I mean, we we see it where, you know, these, guy, these guys, for the most part, get away with whatever because they're the great Les Miles or whatever, the great Bobby Petrino or, you know, which it just seems like, crazy to me you know what i mean baylor had it's baylor yes absolutely 100 percent, multiple times in basketball and football i wonder how often this happens uh and it it is never comes to light you know and how that's the scary part for sure Yeah, how long has this been going on because you're right football coaches at universities are oftentimes the highest paid individuals uh and probably uh, almost always right uh, maybe not in every case, but uh, Most, you know, so yeah. so they carry a lot of power, and people love football, and people prop these guys up, and uh, they're they're they view themselves, they get caught up in this whole idea that I'm I'm untouchable, and uh, they you know they're not. Well, and in I'm, some I'm cases gonna, they are. I mean, like if, if well, they shouldn't be. Think about uh, this, and, Gordo. If Nick Saban were to throw down with the president of the university at Alabama, right, and said, listen, it's him or me. Who do you think's going? <laughs> Who's the president? We'll get another one. <laughs> we'll, we'll find another one tooth sweet. Yeah, maybe so. By the way, did you see that that, uh, that one high school coach uh, has been yapping a little bit? Yeah, I did see now. that yesterday. Yeah, I did. And I have no idea whether he's credible or not. This high school coach has had – some of his own troubles for cheating and whatnot, but uh, he was claiming that uh, Georgia and Alabama and teams in the SEC were were paying to get their players signed, and I was shocked by that because I'd never even considered it, Jake. Yeah, and uh, yeah. what uh, Bear Junior is the bagman for, uh, for yeah, Nick, that's right? right? Yeah, Bear Bryant Junior right. is is the guy pulling those strings. Well, and this Kirby coach Smart was... apparently when he got the Georgia gig uh, stepped up things from a payment standpoint according to this yeah. guy but and yeah. this yeah this coach was recorded saying these things and whether he knew he was being recorded I, I have no idea but anyway it gets it gets messy and college sports I think is messy on a lot of levels but but this what we were talking about here initially with less miles that, that just cannot stand I mean if you think of yourself in these terms if it was your your parent and your kid is uh, is uh, involved in one way or another working in the athletic department or at the football program or doing something. There's some association there, and a football a head football coach suggests to to uh, meet up with him at a hotel room. You know, how, how would you feel? Yeah, it's not good. Um, but for some reason, this type of behavior is tolerated more in in uh, in sports, which seems just crazy. I mean, think uh, just a quick example. I know we're up against it, but uh, poor Rich Rodriguez's uh, uh, assistant. Remember oh, yeah. that poor uh-huh. gal who, who got the job at a game to keep Rich Rod's girlfriend and wife away from each other. And on what and what other line of work would that be appropriate? <laughs> or even uh, tolerated. <laughs> but see, this is this is what comes with power. Yeah. And it's probably, I, I don't know, I don't want to point the finger at anybody, but I bet large corporations, there's all kinds of power trips going on there as well. I mean, this is something that needs to be fought against. But that stuff isn't, they're not, in the, they're not the celebrity part of it is also what yeah. makes it dangerous. I mean, your executive down the street, you know, nobody oh, knows who that is. CEOs are celebrities. 
Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I guess the handful are, but I, yeah. I mean, we're talking not more so than sports, you know? There's a reason, in fact, that those billionaires want to own sports franchises because that brings the exposure and celebrity to it. All right, well, I want to remind you about our friends at SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now. You can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid today. Coming up next, Jay Drew from Vegas right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.